York, New York. Wake up. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Kicking Up the Dust. I'm your host, Dr. Rhonda Jones. In this episode, I'm speaking with my dear friend, Monifa Pendleton, at Marina Bay Restaurant in Dakar, Senegal. Originally from New York, Monifa is a remarkable woman who says yes to everything. A savvy businesswoman, she used her position as a corporate executive to manifest her lifelong dream of living in Paris. Her search for a French tutor led her to her co-worker who became her soulmate. After leaving Paris, she and her fiancé, now husband, relocated to Dakar, where the serial entrepreneur started a business curating high-end travel experiences. I hope this conversation inspires you to follow your dreams and to say yes. Hi, I'm Monifa Pendleton, and um, I am an American from, from New York. Where? Um, from the Bronx, originally, and um, living currently living in Dakar, Senegal. Um, and came, moved to Dakar from Paris. Um, and uh, Paris, France, and um, yeah. So basically, in 2013, I decided that I wanted to move to Paris. I had been a Francophile for like 10 years, 12 years. It was like my sanctuary country. Like, it was a place that I would just, it was my solo trip place. It was a trip place that a country that I would come to with girlfriends, but always kind of have my own couple days to myself mm -hmm. just to wander wander and just experience the place right it's like you know not just Paris but the south of France the middle of France the north of France wherever <clears throat> so at the time I was at a firm that allowed for rotational programs mm -hmm. so two years in another country mm -hmm. you know without any real significant hit to your career or you know that they would allow it could be a visa situation that they support and that year, I had decided in my trip to France, my annual trip, I decided I'm gonna go up to see where Deloitte is, and you know, it's right up, up, up slightly outside of Paris. And I was like, oh yeah, this is the year I'm gonna do it. <laughs> so I get back to New York. It's like May, May 2013, and I was like, mm, yeah, because I decided, you know, I'm gonna be single. You know, I'm not gonna wait around for a guy. I want to live my life. I had not, I've been traveling a lot for my career. I had not met anybody that, you know, obviously that I was, um, that was my husband at the time. Um, and it was a situation where I had kind of succumbed to the fact that single life, it is what it is, and I'm going to do it right. So I get back and I said, but who do I know that speaks French? Because I want to ask a French person's perspective on this this decision and I was like remember that guy in Treasury he spoke French <laughs> so I'm gonna go on our little communicator and it was like hey you know um so I had a uh, we met for coffee we had I had a few questions he was like incredibly supportive right but never I mean I never thought of any I had never dated anybody I worked with so this was kind of like this random thing 
so move, moving forward, we started, our world started to like kind of come together. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, Deloitte has this national day of volunteering that they do every year. And it's like you get to pick all these different charities or experiences you want to have with the whether it be planting or painting a city wall or whatever this was i so i chose a school in the bronx i was living in harlem at the time and he he was actually living in jersey but we picked the same volunteer thing and so when we got there it was like oh you know so it's just like all right then fast forward a few more weeks we would meet up for coffee or lunch and he doesn't drink coffee, by the way, so I just note that. But um, he'd meet, he'd humor me, <laughs> and um, then he asked me out on a date. And the only reason why, one of the reasons why I knew it was a date, it was because I'm a Francophile. We both live in New York, or he lives in New Jersey, but it was on Bastille Day, France's Independence Day. I was like, that's a, and it was a Sunday. I was like, this is a date. <laughs> so we went to this. We chose this French restaurant in Harlem, and it was like really sweet. And so then, from that moment on, that day on, we were like joined at the hip, right? We were we were actually on the same clients, so it made it really easy for us to see each other. And because um, when you're in consulting, you have a very busy, rigorous life that you know you're just really it's, it's, it can be a lot. So the. The closeness, the proximity that we were in in the same building, it just allowed us to kind of get to know each other a lot. And um, yeah, and then the next thing you knew, I was wanting to go to Africa. I, I knew he was from Africa, from Benin. I was like, well, where is that, right? <laughs> Even like, I've never heard of it. Yes, sir. No, Missy. It's okay. Um, and so then we um, we went to Africa. I got malaria. I was like, wait, what am I getting myself into, right? But it was fine. I mean, it's like the flu, and I overcame that. But he's just a beautiful person. And then, he, a couple years later, he asked me to, he, he proposed right here in the car, actually. We would, because what we would do when we came is we would bring up, we would come here for a month. We drop our stuff off in Benin, and then we start touring the region. So we went, we came to Senegal in 2014 and uh, December and uh, yeah, he asked me to marry him. I said, yes, I said, yes. <laughs> and then um, we started planning the wedding and we decided we got married in Marrakesh. We get, we did our formal church wedding in New York, but um, we did our- And who was at that wedding? <laughs> Oh, who was that? Oh, just a close friend. Okay, so it was small. It, it was very small. My mom, his his sister-in-law at the time, um, some of my mom's friends. It was very cute. It was like we went to FCBC. We were members of uh, FCBC on 116th Street in, in out of Clayton Powell. So we got married. We got officially married couple weeks like November 12th and then we got we had a destination wedding in Marrakesh it was like amazing like 80 people came from around the world we celebrated we had a beautiful week full, full of activities and adventures and it was at this um, Janan Tamsna which is like this black owned resort in um, in Marrakesh and um, 
It was wonderful. I did my, I did a custom made dress in Paris because I had a client that took me to Paris, um, <clears throat> allowed me to go to Paris frequently. So I found this beautiful atelier, this woman, she redesigned that dress and I just knew I didn't want anything made in China. <laughs> so I treated myself because I wanted something. I could see this lady sewing my dress <laughs> in some back room, right? Um, <clears throat> so we did that um, and then what happened? I had, so actually back up a little before we actually got married, we were coming home from church one day and Siri was like, you always talk about moving to Paris, but you haven't done anything about it. And that year was uh, the year of, um, it was like the year of action for our church. That was the church theme, right? It was like, you know, what are you going to do? You want to take some action? And so I was like, oh, really? You didn't get to tell me twice. So I thought, so we knew a lot of people in different parts of the firm that actually uh, we networked, that I networked with, that actually was able to make me, put me in connection with people out of the France Paris office. And um, yeah, so we did the Marrakesh thing. I did some interviews before we had the wedding. Um, and on the day we got back from our honeymoon, I had booted up my phone and there came my contract my official contract to move to Paris. So you ask, how do you, how do people do this? There's multiple ways to do this. A lot of people do it through at teaching, you know, we're working remote work situations that allow them to, but I did it through, actually I had resigned from the U.S. firm after getting the job offer and became, took on a local contract. So I didn't, it wasn't that two year rotation thing. It was just like, you know, so the visa process starts. They gave me a four-year visa, and um, yeah, uh, the next thing I knew, I was on a plane in February. Um, my husband Terry had to stay in New York because of his client demands and requirements. He couldn't leave just yet, and um, yeah, and then, but I get to Paris and I was miserable. Oh, that's like a whole nother story but I was so miserable I just could not understand like the French uh, you know they can anyway in general vacationing is different than living right but they were off and I knew that I had some reservations about working with French people because I've come from, pre from previous experiences but it was very it was not the same it was not what I expected right so, you know, humans are adaptable, so I adapted, but um, it was very, very difficult. But at the same time, I'm living in this beautiful city, in a country that I still feel holds dear memories and sentiments, you know, uh, about. And um, yeah, and then we just then, so then Terry came and we had a beautiful little apartment and it was really lovely we would have such great times together we would still travel and have a similar life that we had and then he got an opportunity to move to Africa we had come last year to someone's a friend's birthday party and um, they worked for IFC and so everybody at the part all her friends obviously worked for the same company so Siri networked and networked with people and he started the interview process and boom, 
we were like, and I was like, well, I okay. So that also what happened was, I start I decided to start my own company and leave corporate. Right after I launched my company is when he got the opportunity, and I was like, but uh, I started Bisco Paris, not Bisco that car. <laughs> Wait a minute. And so we decided that the best interest of my company and everything and me just growing my business and also just having access to the West, and since we didn't have an apartment in New York anymore, that we would maintain our apartment. We would actually keep an apartment in Paris. And uh, yeah, that part was wonderful. It was a really good decision because I like the fact that I can get my blueberries or whatever else I need that I can't really find here, you know, um, and have access to it. But yeah, I think that five years ago or four years ago or three years, I would not have imagined having this beautiful trifecta of New York, Paris, Dakar, you know, as and you know, just a wonderfully supportive husband and like meeting new people and having these amazing experiences and starting another business and seeing all the opportunities that are possible for for me and for anybody that really wants to come here um so it's very it's quite special you know that's why i want people to you know really think through kind of what's possible like what do you want for your life where do you see it you know sometimes people have international travel experiences that can be transformational and they start to explore a place more than just the capital city or more than just you know whatever and it really resonates with them right and so I encourage people that like France initially resonated with me right it was beautiful aesthetically just this joie de vivre this lifestyle that the French definitely have and take it are very proud of and almost the antithesis of the work ethic of, a, of an American um, in terms of how we don't take vacations and we work so long hours and it's just, you know, that's definitely not them and uh, I respect that. And they are unapologetic about it in a lot of ways, you know, and so, you know, one thing I would say is living, being an expat is, you know, and just in general, I think how I grew up is different, it's just different, you know. I'm an entrepreneur. I own a travel brand called Bespoke Paris, where we custom curate travel experiences for people visiting um, visiting France. And I am, I would say, somewhat of a serial entrepreneur because I'm also starting a brand called Bespoke Afrique, which will focus on um, custom curated travel um, on the continent, focusing primarily in West Africa. Um, and starting in Senegal, moving over to Cote d'Ivoire, Morocco, um, you name it, um, Benin, Togo, Nigeria. So we have some big plans in the works and uh, for, for people to explore and experience this beautiful country. Fantastic. Continent, actually. Continent. What three words best describe you? Hmm. I would say that I am... Um, Hmm. Three words that describe me are 
authentic. I like to keep things very real and relevant for people. Um, fun. I like to um, have fun. And um, hmm, the third word I would say is um, I hate this. Smart, of course. I mean, duh. No. <laughs> Right? What three words describe me? I love to live an authentic life. Make sure there's fun and joy in that, um, in the mix, and um, do it with uh, a little class and sophistication. You know. What's your greatest moment? Oh, my greatest moment is when um, I said yes. I said yes to moving to France, and then I said yes to uh, my, my, the first date with my husband, my now husband, I said, uh, I look at these moments of yes, when I stepped out of my comfort zone, and um, now I have a life that is actually pretty incredible because, um, all because I said yes. I said yes to possibility. You know, I think that the one thing I would say throughout my career, my life, my upbringing, that I was, I, I, I like to see things in possibility. And I think that that opens us up to new experiences that we would be, that would be in our wildest dream if, um, when we just open up to possibility. And what's your favorite food, either Ooh, in the States or here huh. in Senegal? That's a hard one because I am a true foodie. I used to actually own a, tri uh, a, um, a personal chef business where I cooked for people. I'm a passionate cook. Um, but I would say here in Senegal, it has to be Chepujen, and it's the red version. It just is so... It's a fusion. It reminds me, honestly, of soul food because it is a meal that has all these wonderful flavors, and it just has a has. It's like a symphony, of you know the rice, the fish, the vegetables, a bit of tamarind sauce, some shrimp. I mean, it's like to me the perfect symphony uh, that would be comparable to a Thanksgiving dinner at my house. <laughs> For what sure. is the one thing you can't live without? Hmm. Peace. You know, I think that I'm very much focused on um, making my life peaceful uh, because I think that is what um, just helps me continue to self-rejuvenate, right? Um, and I'm intent on creating a peaceful environment and, and, and just aesthetically um, for my mindset, for my, my family. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that's very important to me. What's a childhood secret that you never told anyone? Ooh, a childhood secret that I've never told anyone. That, um, Okay, so I'm from the South Bronx, and you know, this is um, thing that you kind of have to be a tough girl, right? Um, because the neighborhood, the environment, you know, you you have to portray this persona that is 
that's that's tough and you could handle it because you know if you don't someone will but my whole life I was like not my whole life but growing up as a child I was really scared you know fearful and so that fear um, luckily thankfully somehow didn't prevent me from being who I was and who I wanted to become and be but it was something that I always now that I I've, I have actually thought about this question and I do remember myself kind of being in the crowd but still sitting outside of the crowd and I've not ever really shared that with anyone what puts a smile on your face oh art I just for example um, spent the last five days in Abidjan Cote d'Ivoire and my mind's eye and my soul experienced the most beautiful art that I have seen in, a, in quite some time. And you know, living in Dakar, you're surrounded by art. You can't like not see art, right? But it was, um, it was incredibly beautiful and I got so also so incredibly lucky because my driver turned out to be like a art professor like he knew art he could explain a mask from which region which village whether the lips were protruding and why whether you have a something on the head the hairstyles I was blown away and what it what it what it meant to me what that whole experience of of having this person with me to you know not just take me around but also to show me culture and art and and, and, and and you know never underestimate who you're with you know because that to me spoke so deeply to me because I said man I'm just thinking he's the guy that's going to take me to the next place but he turns out to be we are all we have multi layers and multi multiple things that you know we interest and this person was really able to teach me so much about culture and art and I just I'm just thrilled with having that experience honestly <laughs> what's the one thing that you don't like hmm there's a lot I don't like so the one thing is uh, let's see mediocrity when people don't live to their best potential and maybe they don't know but they're just playing it so safe that they're not going for it you know or th actually this speaks to the same thing is um, so I come from a career of finance and accounting you know I took the leap into entrepreneurship after leaving um, my career is uh, I'm a US CPA and I've done mergers and acquisition accounting and all this stuff but I meet people and they have no idea what else they would do with their lives they're not necessarily happy with the current one but they have been lazy at trying to seek out what the possibilities are right that whole comes back to that whole living life and possibility and they sit and they like yeah I'm just gonna make partner or not or whatever but they don't have any what are your interests the beauty of life is that we can reinvent you know so I'll leave it there what is your latest obsession hmm? what is your latest obsession obsession is my bespoke Africa project you know I have 
really, I'm so excited about the opportunity to create this company that has, that will show people the beauty of Africa. You know, my, I obviously, I grew, well, not obviously, but I grew up in a family that was very Afrocentric. Um, so it, it, it was natural, but I never, I never saw myself as living, as someone who would live in Africa. Um, and I was a late bloomer in terms of when I started traveling actually to Africa. But, um, you know, I look forward to showing people this continent, the, the countries that are, are in it from a art, a design, a food perspective. And I just think that there's so much to see and experience. And I want to, I can't wait to have conversations like before and after with people when they see things of unknown that that was unknown to them and then discovered in a in a, in a beautiful way and um so that's really what i look forward to this question may sound redundant but mm -hmm. what is your dream job my actually <laughs> my dream job is um anywhere where i could um my dream job hmm i find that as an entrepreneur, I've been thinking a lot about who and how I want to serve people, right? And um, it always, any any business idea that I've come up with so far has been one centered around female, whether it's helping other female entrepreneurs really see what's possible from an entrepreneurship perspective or me being a female founder connecting with other female founders to to collaborate and understand their business and you know so it's really i feel like my dream job is to be um it, it's it's in something that helps someone else go further right have a have a perspective that's like that really is is it fulfills me honestly like you know whether it's them start helping them start their own business go through the ideation phase and really work out what it is that they want to do to help them flourish you know that that kind of really makes me happy that I could play some small role in seeing the possibility that they could have for themselves thank you that's beautiful thank you so much so uh, next question what is your favorite African city and why? Oh, wow. That is hard because, you know, living here in Dakar and experiencing like uh, 12 other African countries, I find that to be a hard question. But because now I live here, I can, I'm always comparing cities so I would have to say whew, I would I would have to say Dakar only for for its natural beauty you know it is a city that has used its water beautifully right Abidjan is on the coast but Cotonou is on the coast Lome is on the coast you know I tend to like cities that have but that none of those are like this place Lomé, and I mean, in, in Togo, and Cotonou, and Benin, or say La Meme shows, they're the same, very similar in, in terms of how they use their, how, how developed it is. Here, today, we're sitting in this beautiful place facing the bay, 
And what what more can we ask for? They don't have this in Abidjan. You know, they don't have this in Nairobi. They don't... Seychelles? Okay, yes. It's beautiful, but it's a place for honeymooners. <laughs> really. But this is where people live, locals come, expats come, travelers come. It, it, it's pretty special. So I would say Dakar for now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what three words best describe your view of Africa? Mm. Possibility. Uh, beauty and culture. Last question. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to your 15-year-old self? My 15-year-old self would, um, hmm, what advice would I give to my 15-year-old self or my future 15-year-old daughter, right? Um, hmm. It's, I want I, I would say, because hmm, I've always been a hard worker, I've always kind of had this confidence about myself. I guess I would say, what advice would I give my 15-year-old self? It would have to be, all roads can lead to some place. It doesn't necessarily, it's one path, one direction is not just, it's not the only way. You know, I think about it as, you know, me, for example, working at Deloitte, it was, I, my colleagues, they went to Harvard, you know, they went to wherever. I mean, I'm no slouch. I, you know, I have, we can all, everybody has their own talents to bring to a situation and and that and to make things that that can and can make things better so never play too small or play yourself small because there is um, the other person could be thinking the exact same thing so I think my message to my 15 year old self would be focused on confidence and multiple paths to solve a problem or to get to a place. Well, those are all the questions that I have for mm -hmm. you. Is there anything else you want to add or share? Uh, um, not well. I would say that I love that you are doing this. Um, I think that initially I was like, "Wait, now we want to? You want to ask me this now?" But you know, <laughs> I think that you, your ability to want to capture stories in this fashion is beautiful. And what I would say, I don't really have any questions, but I want you to pursue this. And I envision this beautiful coffee table book that's huge, that is like so big, you need two hands to carry it. And you have 54 countries and you have 54 plus stories to capture. So, bravo, Rhonda, bravo. You're welcome. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing your stories with me. Thank you so much for talking to me. I met you, and I instantly fell in love with you. Oh, we are connected for life. This is beyond sisterhood. <laughs> beyond sisterhood. I am just, I am bursting at the seams right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am just like giddy. <laughs> With the, the first, first of all, you're my first interview. Uh -huh. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs>
and I've wanted to do this for so long. And uh-huh. I'm so happy that you, you shared with me and mm-hmm. you took the time to just really be candid and be frank and just be open and mm-hmm. honest. And I know wherever this audience is going to be, whoever they may be, mm-hmm. they're going to love it. Yeah, They're going to love it. And they are because these are real stories from real people doing what they love. Doing what they love. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with my friend Monifa. I don't know if you believe in fairy tales. Monifa is manifesting the art of living a life of happily ever after. Part strategy, part luck, but certainly hard work and sheer determination. Monifa has used every tool in her toolbox to make her dreams come true. The background music for the episode was created by VOC Crew, and the track is called Dakar to Paris to New York to Detroit. The other music was provided by the So In Love Club, and it was a rendition of George Benson's On Broadway. If you like what you heard, send me a message. Thank you for listening.